Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Amanda Gates and as promised, I'm trying to flood you with positivity through the show, you know, by putting up tons of information. Hopefully, it's helping you adjust to your new normal. Yup, it's the new normal. And you probably hear the cats in the background. They're like playing grab ass right now and running all over the house and making lots of noise and trying to disrupt me because I'm talking to y'all and not paying attention to them. It's standard. Standard practices in this outlet. Um, so today I have invited back Ben Hale to the show. And really I wanted to have him come back on to help us cultivate our chi through our spring gardens. It's the perfect time, right? Like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful outside. We're quarantined. Good time to be out in the, the dirt. So what I think is really great about this time is it's awakening us to the importance of nature. And we've really been forced to slow down. So it forces us to recognize the beauty and benefits of what nature provides us, right? And y'all know my love affair with nature and her nature spirits, I love them. So what better way to get, you know, connected to her in a really intimate way than through your own garden. And I don't care if you have a balcony, a half acre, you know, or if you have no outdoor space whatsoever, there is a way for you to have things going on either in a window ledge, a small balcony, you know, maybe you do have space outside. So, and I also don't want you to use the excuse that, oh, I don't have a green thumb. I can't possibly. And you know, you get intimidated by it. Here's the cool thing. Nature is really forgiving and she's really miraculous. I still don't know what the heck I'm doing. Are you kidding me? I've just learned to have a conversation with her and just work really closely with her. And I really hope on a wing and a prayer, uh, it's going to turn out good. <laughs> About 50% on this journey to being a kick-ass gardener. So I guess that's fairly good, right? I mean, more importantly, it's about having fun. And that's what this is all about. I mean, I've been uh, gardening for about 10 years now. And like I, when I had this conversation with Ben, he and I recorded this about six days ago and I planted lettuce. Well, I forgot to water it for three days in a row. So see, I'm not perfect either. You know, I, I, I do the best that I can. And that's what I'm hoping you'll do too. Alrighty, some quick housekeeping. My new class slash workshop is up and available for purchase. It's called Your Relationship to Clutter and how it's affecting your feng shui. So this is a really kick-ass class. It's going to teach you the psychological reasons why you attract and accumulate clutter in the first place. Because you all know, if you've listened to me in any capacity over the years, I cannot stand it. It's my biggest pet peeve when people associate clutter and feng shui. Because having clutter and removing it is not feng shui. But 
let's not just organize. Let's get to the core of why you're doing it in the first place. Ding, ding, ding. It's because of feng shui. So I want to help you banish it for good. Because when you understand your approach to feng shui, aka through cultivating your chi and your elemental makeup, then you understand why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. And let me tell you, quick side note, everything, and I mean everything, has to do with cultivating your chi. <sighs> That's why I'm such a broken record, right? <laughs> it's all I ever say on the show. It's all I ever say on my YouTube channel. It's all I ever write about because it's important and it matters. So hopefully at some point you're listening and you're doing it. Uh, be sure to check out this Friday's podcast. I've got Rachel Lang and Tisha Morris back on the show, basically to pick up where we left off from our December show. I'm way behind on getting show notes together, but... Uh, you've heard me talk on this show. I've mentioned many times my original astrologer that I used to work with was Tom Brady, not the football player. Uh, he's an astrologer out of New Mexico, and he was the first person to really tell me about 2020 over a decade ago. And it's so funny. I feel like y'all think I'm making him up because he's got, you know, this crazy name and he hasn't really been doing astrology readings for many years because of his health. He's now in his late 70s. Well, strangely enough, I've been talking about him a lot lately and I manifested him. Yes, I manifested him. He just did this kick-ass webinar last week and he sent me the recording. So if that's something that you'd be interested in, I am going to include that in the show notes. However, because I'm behind on getting them up, I'm also going to include the recording link in the iTunes section of the description of this show so that you can check it out. And just fair warning, you know, if you get triggered easily, I would say don't listen to it. He talks a lot about the astrology of the virus and uh, he's has, he did the show with a doctor who uh, is actually a microbiologist and she says a lot of things about the virus and, and really pipes up about her opinion about what's going on and talking about how this time in history is really about changing our perspectives and getting us to elevate. And basically, if people choose not to, it's going to be to our detriment. So it's really a point of no return. So if y'all don't want to hear about that, want to keep your heads in the sand, don't listen to it. <laughs> Alrighty. So today's show, I am calling Shooting the Shit with Ben Hale. Uh, we talked about the quarantine, benefits of being home, and how your outdoor spaces, gardens, and attitude are going to save us all. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Hey, Ben, um, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, Amanda. Great to see you again. <sighs> well, as I was just saying real quick, uh, before Ben and I came on and, and started uh, recording, I just uh, told him that I wanted to have him come on and, and shoot the shit with me. And, and we're just going to talk about all this craziness that's going on, um, you know, with everybody being furloughed and sequestered at home and... Um, I was just thinking how great of a time this really could be, despite the anxiety and the fear and the chaos. Um, what a great time this is to reconnect with our families, um, really develop a relationship with our homes that I think many have lost, and of course, nature. 
right, Ben? Right. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, really, this is a great time of anxiety and fear. This is, of course, my interpretation, but I'm trying to spin that as well to a, a wonderful opportunity to be closer to home, closer to nature as well. Opportunity to get outdoors. I mean, this is this is happening in springtime. It's like the the time where everything wakes up and comes alive. So it's a wonderful opportunity for us to just to slow down is, is the way and I'm trying to see such a beautiful time. Like, yeah. I'm literally looking out my window and like all of the trees are starting to emerge and bloom and like, you know, what a thing to be grateful for that. What if we were sequestered at home in the middle of November? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's where I'm seeing the silver lining in this is yeah. If it was just the Perfect onset of winter and it's so much tougher in winter, there's so much beauty at the same time. But it's so much tougher to feel alive when you're outside. Yeah. At least that for me. <laughs> Well, I, you know, and I think that you really hit the nail on the head by, it's so funny. I'm literally looking out my window and there's three cardinals like playing on the trees out there. <laughs> um, but, you know, there is a silver lining to all this. And I think a lot of people are focusing on some of the negative things of I'm stuck at home and I can't get outside and my family's driving me nuts. And I'm, you know, I feel like <laughs> I'm crawling on the roof because I'm so stir crazy. And um, honestly, as an introvert, I can't relate to that. Like, I love being home. I love being by myself. Um, I can putter till my heart's content, which I love. I feel like uh, the planet has like written me a permission slip to do all the shit that I love to do as far as going out in nature and writing and doing shows like this. And like, I feel like I've been written, you know, this slip of here you go, do everything that you love to do. And we're giving you permission. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I, I feel both ways. It's um, as a I'm a borderline IE, so I have some extrovert tendencies and some introvert tendencies, and and this is certainly a time where all those little bits, just being able to be by yourself, if that's an opportunity right now, it's great <laughs> for those extroverts too. Sometimes you're stuck being with a ton of other people too, and um, that's certainly the case in our house right now with three little kids running around and. <laughs> it gets a little claustrophobic at times, but, um, you know, at the same time, it's, it's a great space for just us to spend time together to recharge and to not be thinking about driving this place and that place and running all these errands. So it's really great. Yeah. And I think that's really what this is about is it's a reminder of how we can connect with our families. We've, uh, really given ourselves so much space. I, I was really starting to see that, uh, having gone into real estate. And one of the things that I kept saying is how much bigger are these houses going to get? <laughs> like the average home here in Williamson County was averaging five to 6,000 square feet. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, who needs to live in this? Like back in the day, a family of four or five would live in 1200 square feet. And now it's like, how much space can we put in between us? And from right. a feng shui standpoint, you know, that's really bad feng shui because it, mm. it really blows up the intimacy and we have lost a connection. And then of course, you know, we're always on our devices. So that furthers us from connecting. So I feel like we have been kind of forced to uh, go home, so to speak. So what have been some things that you've been doing? I think that it's great that, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are watching this and listening to this that have kids and they're probably right. like, Oh my God. Like I can't relate. I'm sitting over here going, Oh my God, this is amazing and glorious. And I don't have kids at home. So how are you managing with keeping them entertained and, and keeping them happy 
because they probably don't understand any of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, so just for context, I have three little boys, uh, one just about to turn seven. So he's having his seventh birthday on Monday, uh, this coming week. Um, and <laughs> so we had to cope with the idea that his birthday party was canceled and, and all of our wonderful plans. We usually have a family tradition of going out to a restaurant of their choice, uh, on their birthday. So we can't do that. Um, and so, yeah, so there's some difficult things we've had to deal with. And so we have our, our seven-year-old and then a four-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, two and, and so life's pretty crazy. A lot of high-energy little kids running around. Um, uh, it's tough to find quiet space. <laughs> and so if we get through this whole uh, interview without a burst through the door, we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think right now they're, we have a beautiful day right now. So they're outside, even though it's a little muddy, they're outside running around like crazy hooligans right now. So we might be, we might be lucky here. Um, but yeah, I guess some of the things we've done, I wouldn't say we're successful by any means, but some of the things we've tried to do, um, is again, I'm really thankful for the warmer weather because we've tried to get them outside more and more. And so luckily we have a little bit of space. We have about just under a half acre of property. And so a good chunk of that is our backyard where we feel a lot safer just kind of sending them out back. Even our now our, our two and a half year old, we're starting to just let go a little bit and let him be himself and be out and free uh, with his big brothers and to feel like a big kid. Um, and so letting him outside to have just free play and free time has been really nice. It's not always a perfect thing. Sometimes it lasts two and a half minutes. Sometimes <laughs> it lasts five. Sometimes it lasts 45. Um, and so that's one of the activities we also built, <laughs> we rigged up our living room to make it a fort building Mecca for little kids. So we, um, we inserted some eye bolts. This is a, probably a horrible, horrible interior design recommendation, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we put some eye bolts into the studs around the room and the intent is to turn them into little hanging planters to make it look a little bit nicer. But right now they're just eye bolts and so they can strap ropes onto them and hang blankets. And so our, our living room becomes a blanket fort a couple of times a week. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to do as many of those little activities, a lot of the kind of the old school stuff, you know, what kids yeah. used to do the busy um, boards. It, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, um, even just involving them in some of the house chores, it's tougher for us because we're trying to get stuff done. Um, I'm uh, with my full-time job, I'm working from home right now. So I'm trying to, it's tough for them to know that they can't just barge in on, on daddy <laughs> and well, you're home. whenever they want. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's hard for them to mentally break out that I'm working, uh, which is a tough frustration that I think a lot of people are probably dealing with. Um, so it, there's, there's some difficulty, but in between, yeah, I'd say the outside thing and us, us as parents trying to let go a little bit and just let them, um, let them have time and space because that's what they want. And then also to have some attention here and there too, has been I guess the overarching themes that we've been trying to embrace to, to help make this time a little easier for us. I'm curious, you know, you've just, you've really uh, been putting in the work over the last year or so with your spirituality and uh, you know, connecting with nature and, and kind of taking a step back to look at that bigger picture. And I'm curious, you know, how do you feel like that has helped you in this process, like what would Ben Hale be doing five yeah. years ago being furloughed at home as opposed to Ben Hale now with his family being furloughed at home? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that. I haven't really thought about it from that perspective, to be honest. 
Uh, you're putting me on the spot, Amanda. <laughs> well, um, I, think I, that... I would say just uh, my gut response would be that um, I'm trying to just sense things a little better, like sensing uh, my kids' emotions or or their um, disposition and trying to approach it from their perspective um, and do it in a way where, again, thinking of from an, like an energy standpoint, are they feeling are they having positive energy flowing out of them or, or negative energy? And how do we um, redirect some of that energy or into a, a healthier constructive way if it's, if it's not helping us out? And, and likewise, what kind of energy are we putting out? So uh, my wife and I will sense each other kind of getting into a negative state or whatever, just a state of frustration that kind of spirals down, which is right now is a lot easier with, if, if we know, if, if we check into Facebook or the, the news updates or whatever, it's, it's pretty easy to, to get on that negative spiral. Um, and so for me, I've, I've noticed that and checked out from that a little bit. So I, I, I don't get on social media very often. I don't get on the news very often. I feel like, you know, if it's something's a big update, I'll hear about it eventually anyway. And, um, that's really helped actually with just blocking some of that, um, energy that might come into, uh, my behavior and into our house through that way, I, I think has been a big thing too. Well, I think just really leaning into how the boys, uh, the space that they need and keeping them busy and, you know, really connecting as a family. And like you were saying with your two-year-old being able to go outside and just kind of like leaning into your big kid, you can go outside, hang out with your big right, brothers. Yeah. I think that's a big deal and it allows them to have the sense of freedom and independence that, you know, they're probably craving and it may um, in their minds feel like they are, have lost or don't have. Um, I know a lot of the kids here have been out of school for close to a month now and they're going stir crazy. Like they hate being at home and um, I'm sure it's very, very difficult and very hard for a lot of these kids that are going through this. And, and, you know, here a lot of them are missing uh, their prom they're missing, you know, some really big events in their life. They're going to miss graduation and it's their senior year and there's, you know, some pretty big life events that they're missing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could see where that could really be challenging, but, um, I think that, you know, one of the benefits of all the shows that we've done together is we've talked about the sense of connecting with nature and getting outside and, uh, looking to the messages that nature gives us and how there is so much beauty, uh, and gratitude that we can have for this little blip, this moment of time that we're being granted to reconnect, you know, really get to know our families again and, you know, get outside. And I mean, yes, it couldn't be a more perfect time, but this is hitting right at springtime when we can be getting outside and seeing things bloom and um, really enjoy uh, gardening maybe. So like over the past (laughs) weekend, um, I was thinking, well, I don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to go anywhere near people. Like you guys just do your thing. So I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start planting my seeds. It's a little bit early, uh, you know, but I was like, I could start planting lettuce. Like I can start doing that. And then um, it would um, hopefully I can harvest that in maybe six weeks, maybe. So, you know, it, in years past, I would have been so busy and, and moving so frenetically, it may have been something that I would have put off. Like, I'll do that next weekend, or I can do that next weekend. Whereas now I'm like, I need to do that now so that I can eat. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so big difference as opposed to, you know, how I would typically do it. But it was really fun. You know, I had such a different 
mindset going into it as opposed to thinking that, oh, I could just get it at the grocery store. It was like, no, I need to do this to, to sustain myself and I need to do this to grow my own food and be able to take care of myself. And um, it was really great to just be able to go outside and play in the dirt and plant the seeds and like just really have, I, you know, never, I've never not had a deep connection with my garden and, and my plants, but I felt like it was like exponential this time around. Yeah. Like it was different <laughs> this time around, right? Yeah. It's more touching into your primal roots this time, right? Without a doubt. I was like, I need this. I need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with you having easy living yards and, and this is probably a new paradigm for you and, and um, obviously this is unprecedented. We've never gone through anything like this before. So what are some things that you're telling your own uh, audience and your own clients as far as, you know, this is such a great time to get outside and really be taking advantage of the yard that you have. So what are some things that you've been telling people? Right. Well, so it's kind of funny you asked that question in that way. Um, so Easy Living Yards has been pretty quiet recently. Um, and so I took a, a personal step back to kind of practice what I've been preaching and, and say, you know what, guys, I'm going to disconnect from the digital world for a little bit and spend time with my family and, and focus on growing my family, taking in those moments that are important. And it's, it's so interesting that I, I started this kind of in early 2020 uh, doing this, stepping back a little bit, slowing down a little bit. Um, and, you know, such an opportune time when you think about it in that regard <laughs> who knew uh what was going to happen um you know starting in late december yeah. um but uh yeah i mean this has been such a wonderful opportunity going back to now now thinking in the context of the outdoors and gardening and my company uh you know with easy living yards this is what i talk about is what we do in our yard it's the it's the setting if you think of our yard is a, a stage, right? A high school drama stage. That, that's what our yard is. It's the setting where life takes place and we're the cast and the characters in our own life and our own show. And so what we do in that space is really impactful with, if, with what our life means to us. And so how you utilize your yard, whether it takes from you or gives back to you is a personal choice. And so what I try to teach is, is that what we do in our yard should serve you whether it's cutting the grass, how you cut the grass can be, can be impactful, whether you schedule your life around mowing your lawn or vice versa. So right now, I don't know if it comes through on the audio, but two of my neighbors are cutting their grass right now in late March. I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and so that's kind of a big point of difference is, is we choose to mow the lawn, something so simple, right? A chore um, when it fits into our lifestyle. And so that's just one example. Um, and so we've been likewise prepping our garden for our most epic garden year this year, <laughs> hopefully. Um, and that's, that's another activity I didn't even point out is our kids have, they've been outside when I'm not out there trying to prep the garden as well. So, you know, I kind of show them what to do, how to work on it. So we're adding basically decomposed uh, wood chips and compost right now to our garden as kind of a top dressing. We built like a really tiny little raised bed in our garden this year. So it's, it's kind of a new construction piece to our garden and, and they love it. You know, kids love getting into the soil, getting interactive with the outdoors just as much as we do and feeling like they can own it really is impactful to them too, is what 
I perceive as they work in that garden. So they feel like they're part of that garden. And last year, pretty much every year so far in our garden, we've, we've always started out with a lot, but I have a neglectful approach to my gardening practice. I'm, I'm definitely meant to be a perennial gardener, <laughs> but, um, and it shows through with our annual gardening. But um, when it comes to our annual gardening, we, we usually plant quite a bit. We have a lot of fun with it, but I don't always maintain it, you know, the way it needs to be during the growing season as I start to focus on other projects. Um, but when we get a, a green bean or a piece of lettuce, no matter how bitter it tastes in the middle of the summer, yeah. the kids love it. They love it. And so they'll go in there. <laughs> Our four-year-old Adam, he, he goes in there. Um, this is last year. We had some tomatoes that grew. And basically all we got was the, the little cherry salad tomatoes was all we got out of the garden. We planted all sorts of varieties, but what we got yielding was the little tiny cherry tomatoes right at the entrance. And and fortunately, it was the two plants that we, we named for our kids. Those were their tomato plants. They took care of those ones. Wait, and what those, was that that you did? We, <laughs> <laughs> did you say named them? <laughs> I, I don't remember their names, but yes, they, they chose names for their tomato plants. They cared for I them. I love it. And they were the two plants that yielded and they, they loved it. So it was, you know, it, they felt like it was, it was something they did and something they took care of and something they reaped the benefit from. Um, and so th the reward they get from gardening is so amazing. And, and likewise, just with our general, you know, we do a lot of other stuff about creating a space for habitat, right? That's another wonderful thing we can do this year. So we could do plant edible gardening. That's, it's like, this is the year in, in my whole lifetime where it's been <laughs> most needed, right? It's yeah. most apparent that hey, we could be experiencing food shortages this year, right? It's potentially unlikely, but it's possible, right? And it's, it's tangible this year. And so this year more than ever, I hope most people go back to the land, right? We did that in the 70s, apparently, right? That was before my time, just slightly. <laughs> but um, this is a wonderful time to go out in your yard and to tear up some of that lawn or, you know, put some compost on top of your lawn and plant some, plant some lettuce seeds or plant some plants. Do the easiest thing, the littlest thing you, you have the energy to do, but grow something that you can, you can eat and where your land can actually serve a purpose for you. That's, yeah, I that's think what I think this year is wonderful. It, this really, really reminds me of World War II when everybody was doing the victory gardens. Like right. this is such a, a time where something like that could really emerge. And I, you know, I, I experienced it myself when I never ate tomatoes until I grew my own. And when I grew my own, I, I don't know that I really did like mm -hmm. tomatoes, but it was because those damn things take so long to harvest. Like you got to <laughs> wait three months and it's like, you, you work that hard and you nurture something that long and it, it takes forever. And it's like, when it finally comes to harvest, you are going to eat that damn thing. <laughs> and there's so much love and joy and, and empowerment that goes into it. And, you know, farmers would probably hear something like this and go, that's absolutely crazy. But we've gotten so disconnected from our, our food sources and, and how things grow. And, you know, we don't realize that that avocado had to drive 3000 miles to get to us. Or, you know, I see some of the tomatoes and stuff coming down from Ecuador and all these crazy places. And it's like, there's definitely a difference when you take the time to grow it yourself. And since all of these families are stuck at home and a lot of families do have, you know, a good amount of front yard or backyard, this would be a great time to 
they've got the internet, they've got YouTube to, right. you know, start watching <laughs> videos and, you know, nature is such an amazing, beautiful thing. You know, I remember when I grew my first garden, I had no idea what I was doing and I am the worst person at directions. Like I am not the type of person that sits down and researches and puts like, I'm not, I'm just going to figure it out because <laughs> I'm far too impatient. And that's what I did. I mean, it was year, it took me a lot longer. I would have been faster if I'd gone on YouTube, but I literally would just say, okay, I want to try this and I, I want to figure it out. And so like I tried strawberries and I think I got maybe a yield of one, like one set of strawberries. And I was like, okay, that was way too much work. And you know, it's been a lot of <laughs> trial and error for about 10 years. And I have figured out what I'm good at and, and what I'm not. And, um, it, what's really fun is getting to know, like you were talking about the bitter lettuce. I've had lettuce where when I've really cared for it, really nurtured it and taken care of the soil, how the lettuce is delicious. Whereas when you get neglectful, it gets sour <laughs> and bitter and it doesn't taste as good, but you're still willing to eat it because you've nurtured it and you're the one that grew it as opposed to the grocery store. So to me, this seems like a, a fantastic time since so many people are stuck at home, their families are climbing the walls, you know, to really get your kids involved with maybe a raised garden or even herbs. We've talked about herbs before. Uh, basil grows like crazy and is super easy to grow. And so is rosemary. So right, two things right. that, you know, are delicious, um, but can easily grow. And I think lettuce is actually pretty darn easy to grow as well. So, and, you know, I think what's really great is that by being able to do it, it makes you empowered to think, wow, you know, I could actually do some practices where I'm not so reliant on outside sources to bring me my own food source. So I think that with all these people that do have yards and, and have, um, you know, I, I live in an apartment, so I have a very small uh, space that I can grow on and I still grow quite a bit. So for those who have half acres, um, you can really take advantage and, and grow a lot of stuff and, and really be able to harvest a lot and experiment, um, and get the family involved. And I think it could be quite fun. And, and, you know, like you could even do chickens. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I think you don't, you don't need a half acre for chickens. You, you need maybe a 10th of an acre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, even something like that, that you could experiment with, um, you know, that's a food source. And, you know, I think it would be great to be able to go out every morning and grab some eggs and, you know, be able to grow a lot of your own vegetables and foods and then learn the process of canning so that you can, you know, prolong that food through winter. So it's, it's kind of like this stepping stone into teaching us like how our ancestors lived and how we were reminded of that. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think this is a wonderful opportunity. And I guess if I had any recommendations, so so one, uh, my personal recommendation for my own brand for Easy Living Yards is that I'm I'm going to focus more this year on growing your own food and and um, preserving and stuff like that too. Homesteading, basically, right? That's a good uh, summary of that that basic. Mm -hmm. uh, area of food support yeah, <laughs> and really sustenance book on that. I don't think I have it in here. Oh, I do. It's called back to basics. Okay. This one is really good. Okay. I don't know that one. It's all about homesteading and how to live off the land so that you're not reliant on your government. And I don't want to take <laughs> this one down because it's, it's really big, but the I see it. <laughs> country living, <laughs> the encyclopedia of country living. Oh my God. Okay. Like, you take that sucker out in the middle of a hundred, 300 acres of land. 
you're good. You're set. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to share some other resources. Those I'll have to keep those in mind um, to check yeah, them out. This one's really good. Um, it has a lot of good info in it. And um, I actually learned how to compost because of that book. I, okay. I don't really do it that much, but canning okay. and all of that stuff is, um, it's called uh, Back to Basics, Complete Guide to Tr Traditional Skills, uh, How to Work Land, Generate Your Own Energy, Raise Livestock, Enjoy Harvest, basic household skills and crafts and more. Oh, wow. That sounds yeah. interesting. I've read a lot of books like that <laughs> and watched a lot of YouTube videos like that. So well, um, it sounds like it's up my book, There was no YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just dating myself a bit. I've a probably bit. had that sucker 20 years. Okay. It's a good book then. Yeah. This is, this is pre YouTube. <laughs> Let me see when the day Well, like you said, you know, that means that really the opportunity is so easy right now. If you're having trouble with something, you just Google it or go on YouTube and watch a video. Um, and so as far as the, the bare minimum basics, whether you have a, a, an apartment with a tiny, tiny little piece of, you know, patch of grass or a balcony or something, you can still do something there. And there's opportunities for that. So just search Windows. for it. Right. Yeah. Search for whatever you have and you'll be surprised what you come up with. Um, my general recommendations when people are starting to get into gardening and I've broken a lot of these recommendations and learned the hard way. <laughs> it, start small is one. Start with what you want to try the most. Basil. Yeah. <laughs> or, or what's the easiest. And, and the great thing, if you're looking for nutrition, right? Herbs are a wonderful way because herbs are wonderful accumulators of nutrients that you can really jazz up a very simple meal with um, or a simple salad. So that's a wonderful way. We've talked in a, a couple of our previous mm -hmm. interviews about a lot of herbs. Um, so that's a wonderful way to start. You talked about greens. Salad greens are super easy to start with too. And if you fail with them, you just start right over again because they grow so fast. They grow fast. Yeah. Right. And so that's a wonderful thing. Um, but again, yeah, start small, both with the number of plants you choose to do, the number of species, as well as the size of your space. So even if you have a half of an acre, start with just a tiny little patch or start with a pot if you're really feeling intimidated and then go from there. I know all of us want to grow all of our own food this year. <laughs> and I love that idea. And let's use that energy to do something positive. But let's also start with what we're capable of because the reality is we'll fail a lot. And so if you start small and fail small and learn big, we'll make more progress. And so that's one recommendation. Um, the other is, yeah, learn a few preservation methods, whether it's freezing, drying, canning, whatever it is, learn, learn at least one of them or cooking, right? <laughs> that's a wonderful preser preservation or consumption method as well. Um, so choose one of those options to go with as well. As far as resources go, a lot of what I teach at Easy Living Yards is more general about landscape design, um, but I also have a few edible landscaping uh, blog posts and, and that sort of thing, which I can share with you, Amanda, to, to put in the show notes if you want. Um, I think actually I have our, um, our home energy design. I think it's easylivingyards.com slash home energy design. So I'll update that with a few more links to the edible stuff. Okay. Um, but also there's a couple other wonderful um, people you could follow. One is my friend Amy Strauss over at 10th Acre Farm. 
And so she just moved away from her 10th acre property where she and her husband um, supported a massive amount of their caloric needs off of this tiny little property and did it in a beautiful way where her neighbors loved it. So, you know, first off, they started, you know, ripping up their lawn and planting some plants and stuff, and they were looking sideways at them. But they fulfilled a ton of their um, caloric and medicinal needs. So they were um, into herbal medicine as well and um, did a bunch of it in a, such a beautiful way that their neighbors loved it. They would come enjoy the harvest with them. And so wow. she shares all of that over at her site at 10thacrefarm.com. Um, and she also has a book um, called The Suburban Microfarm. Uh, it's a wonderful book, so I highly recommend that book. Another guy I recommend, um, so Amy's a wonderful resource for small properties. If you have no land or no uh, soil to work on, a great resource is Kevin Espiritu. He's got a podcast um, called the Epi Epic Gardening Podcast. He's out of San Diego, um, but a lot of what he teaches are general principles that could be applied anywhere. And so he, he does everything from hydroponic gardening to, to um, raised bed gardening to gardening in pots. Uh, how to make a, he has a wonderful YouTube video on how to make a self-watering planter that I always recommend to my friends because it's, you can basically take a five-gallon bucket and turn it into something where it waters itself and you only fill it up maybe once every week or two weeks instead of every single day going and watering your plants there. So awesome. those are a couple basic resources that I would... Uh, recommend checking out if you're looking to just start in this gardening space. Yeah, I think those are all fantastic tips. And, you know, I, I think that the, the main thing here is, is that um, there's a lot of really great resources. I think a lot of people are um, doing really great things with their time and, and they're learning new ways to live with uh, being sequestered at home, but I think a lot of people are wasting their lives away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, read these like... Are the Right. 10 times I've read like people going, well, I haven't slept that late since I was in college. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know. I mean, I guess in a way it's good to, to get some energy back, right? A lot of people are lacking in energy and, and we've tried to think about ways. Yeah. As long as the time is useful, right? And that's what we, we have this time right now, this opportunity, let's use it as an opportunity. And so I, yeah. I agree with that. And um, and I'm all yeah. for, you know, sleeping in, having naps, all those things, like you said, as long as you're utilizing the time. And so, you know, if you're wasting your days away on TV and, you know, snacking, and I saw this funny meme the <laughs> other day, like this woman, she put this up and she's like, 7 a.m. coffee and snack, 8.15 uh, anxiety snack, 10.15 uh, uh, get through the day snack, you know, 12 o'clock lunchtime. And like, you know, she's <laughs> going through it. All she's doing is eating her way through the day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I guess what I could say too is um, where's the anxiety hike, right? Or the anxiety weed pooling exercise or anxiety watering trip out to your garden, right? And so those are wonderful coping mechanisms that... Um, I don't always follow myself, but I try to, I aspire to. Um, and there, it's every time I go hiking, it's very rarely that I pass somebody within six feet for an extended period of time. So as far as I know, all of the local parks meet the six foot distancing yeah. standards recommended <laughs> yeah. by uh, our health officials. And so go out to the parks, enjoy your space, enjoy the nature. This is a wonderful time for that. And what's really great, I've noticed since I've been on the trails around my own house, is that because things have gotten so quiet and there's not as much people in traffic out and about, more animals are coming out. 
So I feel like a kid in Disneyland. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the other day I was walking and I saw a deer, I saw a fox, and then I saw a woodpecker. Like I was walking and there was like a tree like right here and he came, he flew in front of me and, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, like, it's like my dream come true. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like Disneyland for me because it's so amazing. And, and, you know, just to be able to really bask in it and enjoy it and uh, experience it because, you know, they're, they're probably used to uh, and absorbing our frenetic nature as well. So they're inundated with all that chaos of us driving around and being out and right. about and horns and all of that. And it's, quite settled right now. So they're probably in a frenzy as well. Like, Oh my God, where'd all the people go? <laughs> like what's going That's on? Really, I, you know, I've not paid attention to that. So I'm going to have to keep my eyes and ears open to that. Oh my God. It's been amazing. Yeah. Like I've seen a lot of stuff that I haven't, you know, unless I really go out into the wilderness, but you know, I live in the city, so I don't, I have a lot of amazing trails around me, but I don't see a lot of that every day. So I attract a lot more than the average person. I will say that, but, um, it's just been, you know, really fantastic to be able to, um, see all this and experience it and to work with it. And I think that it's, you know, I think a lot of people are getting caught up in the fear and the anxiety because our comfort zones are really being torn up and the uncertainty of, but what's going to happen? What's going to you know, come out of this? And I think the best thing that we can really um, encourage people to do is stay present, just focus on yeah. the right now. And I think one of the, the most medicinal things that you can do is garden because yeah. you can learn about it. You can get an understanding of how to do it. And it does become a coping mechanism because you dive into it and you know, you throw some seeds in the ground and you're hoping for the best, but holy shit, when it starts to sprout and it like starts to grow, you're like, oh my God, I did that. Like I, I participated in that. And that's the first part when you actually get to the point to where you can harvest it and then you get to eat it. It's like, it's mind blowing. And it's so simple. Yes, but it, can, it is. We've yeah. gotten so disconnected from that. So it can become, um, so much joy. And, and a lot of people haven't experienced that. And, you know, I think a lot of people say, oh, I can't garden and I don't have a green thumb. And now's the perfect time to experiment and to start trying all that um, and to get into it and experience that with your family, experience that with your kids and get your kids involved um, so that they can experience that joy too. Um, and it, it, to me, it helps a lot with anxiety. It helps a lot with worry because it focuses your mind and it gets you back to you know, mama earth. So right, it, right. it's a great way to um, do that. And I think, you know, kids, I don't think, I think the older ones are, but like your boys, they're probably not fully aware of what's going on. They just know that they're home from school, which is probably awesome. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, for us, it's a little different. We, we homeschool our boys. So it's, it's like in a continuation of normal, but they just know now that we can't go anywhere. They can't see our friends. They can't see our cousins and that sort of thing. But yeah, <laughs> for the ones that are just home from school, I would assume it's kind of in some ways like a vacation in some ways kind of crazy too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that this has helped some people. I hope that um, it has encouraged some people to, um, you know, maybe partake in a little bit of gardening. Um, I always write, I think every show we've been on, I've recommended basil just because, um, <laughs> Basil was the first thing that I ever grew. 
and it was so easy. It sprouted quickly and I was able to, I would say usually within three to four weeks, you can start harvesting it and eating it um, maybe a little bit sooner, but it's just really empowering to know that you can grow your own food. And so if you start off small, like Ben said, and, and kind of work your way up, um, you're going to fail, fail forward. Just enjoy the <laughs> yeah, process. Yeah, exactly. Um, know that that's going to happen, but, you know, take that energy that you have and, and the uncertainty and drive it into something quite positive and uh, rewarding. It can be, you know, ultimately really rewarding for uh, you and your family. And it's super fun. Um, right. And it's really exciting to, I mean, heck, you can start to grow something. And if you don't go outside and look at it for three days, I mean, you go out there and it's like this big, and then you go out three days later and it's like this big. And that's it's so like exciting. Magic. Yeah. yeah. It's like the elves have been out there doing things. <laughs> well, I think this was great, Ben. I want to thank you for saying yes to this and, and coming on the kind of an impromptu shooting the shit with me and, and helping humanity out with um, gardening and getting outside. Um, I will definitely make sure that I uh, link, We've done, I don't know, two or three podcasts now. I don't know how many we've yeah. done. Um, I'll be sure to link those uh, below in the comments so that people can access those as well. But if people are interested in learning more about you or finding out about your podcast, how do they find you? Yeah. So, well, first, thanks for having me back on again. I'm so honored every time and I always have a wonderful time. So thank you. Uh, I love nerding out about nature and, <laughs> and <laughs> all this energy space that I'm learning about as well. is just fascinating. So thank you. Um, yeah, so I have a podcast called the Easy Living Yards Podcast, and it's just gearing back up for, for 2020 right now. You know, it's perfect timing. And um, so you can go check that out. Um, also, easylivingyards.com is the hub for all of the stuff we've got going on. Um, so I have a membership there that helps you go through learning how to design your own yard, whether it's an edible landscape or a low-maintenance landscape or a native landscape. Uh, that's what I focus on helping uh, homeowners with. And, and, and then also I'll share with you, Amanda, that link I was talking about. I, th I have a special page, easylivingyards.com slash home energy design, where all, all the stuff we've talked about today, I'll try and put in there so that way it's easy to access. Awesome. That's perfect. Well, I hope everybody has enjoyed this show. We kind of did an impromptu show today uh, just to help with the fear and anxiety and angst that everybody's experiencing. And I hope that each and every one of you go out and start a garden with your family uh, to find not only how rewarding it is, but how delicious it is too. Thanks, Yes, ben. exactly. Take care, Amanda. Thank you. I hope that all of you have enjoyed this show today. I know that I did. And uh, when I was wrapping up with Ben, Spirit was telling me to share with you Hexagram 20 from the I Ching. And I wasn't certain uh, what this was regarding until I read it and I realized this was a powerful message that all of y'all, including myself, need to hear. So hexagram 20 is wind over earth. It's considered contemplation. Contemplate the breadth of the situation to find perspective. By concentrating on the higher laws, you acquire the power that underlies them. This hexagram incorporates both meanings for what it teaches us to set an example for others through our own contemplation and proper principles. A fundamental fact of consciousness is that we take on the attributes and energy of that upon which we focus our attention. In studying and meditating on the I Ching, we are concentrating on the underlying principles that govern the universe. 
through contemplation of the wisdom of such principles as independence, detachment, modesty, acceptance, humility, and tolerance, we begin to embody them into our own lives. This power informs our actions and practices and we begin to have a greater influence as a result. This hexagram indicates that it is time to make a self-correction and return to contemplation of proper principles. By sacrificing the judgments of our ego and asking the sage for guidance, you free yourself from hindering influences and increase your merit and thereby increase your ability to have greater influence on consciousness. It is only through quiet contemplation of what is correct that we become detached from anxiety and unnecessary emotions that face us. This detachment gives us the balance and calm to choose solutions which are in accordance with the higher laws of nature. And in doing so, we gain the aid of the creative in everything we do and gain the ability to lead through contemplation of the principles of our own leader within, the sage. Wow. I have to say, I think Spirit was correct. That was the perfect hexagram for this show today. I hope that each and every one of you have enjoyed the show today. My name is Amanda Gates. And don't forget, I've got my new class up uh, workshop course. Let's call it a workshop. Uh, the clutter class, uh, your relationship to clutter and how it's affecting your feng shui. It's currently uh, at an incredibly low price of 29 bucks. I'm going to keep it at that until the end of April because I want everybody to have the opportunity to uh, gain the information. So you can head on over to my website. There's a button at the top of the homepage, interiorvibes.com to locate that. You can find out more information about the class and also purchase it. And don't forget, I am going to put the webinar link to Tom Brady's uh, astrology webinar that he did last week in the show notes and also in the iTunes notes so that you have access to that. If you would like to watch it, just be fair warned. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening today. If you like the show, be sure to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Check out the website if you'd like to learn more about me. And hey, trust the vibe because the energy never lies.